The rumor mill was running wild this week with MCU news uh, that uh, is very exciting, very titillating, and might be true. So we're gonna we're gonna what we're gonna do is because I don't love dealing with rumors. Sometimes it's a little annoying, and I'm obviously we're gonna take a lot of this stuff with a grain of salt, but it's fun. So we're going to have some fun today. That's what we're going to do. We've got something that is definitely true. And then a whole bunch of rumors and speculation, including. I can't wait to dig into this. What the hell is happening with the Fantastic Four? We need to get to the bottom of it. Is Pedro Pascal, Hollywood's daddy, going to be the daddy of the MCU and play Reed Richards? Well, we're going to talk about that and a lot of other things here on the show. We've got Kale. What's up, hot dogs? Tyler. Hello, it's cold here again. Man, it's not cold. It's not cold. Bro, I was in a jacuzzi in an 80-degree pool like two days ago. So, Oh, that's right. True, true, true. I forgot about that. Hello, chat. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Uh, make sure you guys are hitting that like button. Because we've got a fun draft, as always. You know how we do it. Let's dive into this. So, Forbes, uh, writer Paul Tassie, he wrote a piece this week about um, the MCU and about what's going on in particular with Kang. And that's where I want to start. Because Loki just ended. Loki season two just ended. We're not going to spoil anything about that. Um, but from what I read, because I didn't finish Loki yet. From what I read, it ends in a way that leaves things where like you could reasonably end the Kang stuff. And so it makes a lot of sense that now is when the conversation about what's going to happen with Kang is starting to accelerate. Mm. We know Jeff Loveness is no longer the writer for Avengers Kang Dynasty. That came from Paul Tassi last week. Now we know for a fact that Destin Daniel Cretton is gone from the Kang Dynasty film. He was going to direct it. That's the director of Shang-Chi. Yeah, that's right. Shang-Chi 2. And Wonder Man, which apparently has two episodes filmed already, if you can believe that. But they got rid of the director for the, the Kang movie and the writer for the Kang movie. Are they getting rid of the actor for the Kang movie? You know, are they moving on? What do you do? You, what do you guys think that? Do you guys think that these things that we are hearing, because by all accounts, Marvel's unhappy, like with the performance of Quantumania mm. with the reception of Quantumania and, of course, with, you know, the, the legal aspect of what is going on with majors and the accusations, is Marvel pulling the plug? I think the – I mean, you know, with the with the the Kang stuff in general, the problem is Kang isn't the problem. Mm. You know, Jonathan Majors, controversy aside, is crushing. Um, I agree. 
but the controversy i think is still too early uh, early days we still don't know what is going on with that so it i don't know i i could see them taking taking this jump but i i just don't um i i see marvel waiting it out still still I'll be honest, I'm not too hot on the whole Kang stuff right now. It just seems a little too convoluted. I mean, like, Thanos is super straightforward, which is a weird thing to say. Um, you know, Infinity Gauntlet, you got your MacGuffin, you got your power set there, and you have your heroes fight him. Um, Kang's a little complicated. We already chumped him out. We already chumped out Kang Prime or whatever, whatever the hell he was called, uh, by a whole bunch of ants in Quantumania. Um, you have all these different variants. Um I'm not totally sold on it just yet, uh, but <laughs> the uh, the whole thing with, like, Kang, too, is, like, it's a character you can easily recast because he has variants built into his character. Like, if Loki has a variant that is a woman who looks nothing like him, why can't Kang have a variant that doesn't really look too much like him? A white variant. <laughs> say what you mean to say, Tyler. Uh I think we need more. No, no I'm not going to double down. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, I think this, I don't know why Mar like Disney and Marvel are so afraid of recasting. I really don't think they are. I, I don't think they are. We've seen them do it. They just, they recast um, William Hurt for <laughs> the role of, uh, you know, Thunder Red Hulk, Ross. Thaddeus Ross. Yeah. Um, they recast. Though, so, okay. Well, yeah. you know, they recast Terrence Howard. Uh, Still counts. Yeah, I don't think Marvel's afraid of recasting at all. I think this is a minefield that they are trying to navigate carefully, and they know that they have an actor on their hands who is a powerhouse on the work side of things. You know, the actual acting part, and potentially a monster on the human part. And I think that, you know, they're just in a war right now over how to handle this. But this is the nexus point. This is where it's like you have to make a choice because Loki season two is over. They allowed it to come out. It, it did whatever it did. I don't feel like people really um, have overwhelmingly come down on the show for Jonathan Majors being in it. Yeah. But I think if he's in another movie... And this isn't resolved somehow still, like if it's a cameo appearance, that's when it's going to start to be like, okay, Marvel, what the hell are you doing? That was yeah, just why right now they've got to make a choice. Yeah, because most of season two was done when the strikes and stuff started. Oh, was it not? Okay. Uh, I'm not wrong. To be fair, since it's ended, I don't think there's been any Jonathan Majors press on it. You know, Hiddleston's been doing press about it. You know, I think Owen Wilson too a little bit, because um, they were able to at least get press for the finale or whatever. Uh, but he's been noticeably absent. He might be a little busy right now, though. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think anyone would want him with a reporter and a microphone in front of his face. Because very true, very true. Um, I I honestly and truthfully think that at this point in the game because they have to shit or get off the pot. I'm going to say it. Just recast. 
Just do it. Go ahead. Recast or drop Kang altogether? Pivot. I don't. I don't think that that's a good idea, personally. And I have a big problem with that because of the fact that if you look at to history, the likelihood that we see a villain again is very low after they've been, you know, dealt with. So I love Kang. Forget Jonathan Majors. I'm talking about the character Kang from Marvel Comics. Big fan of that character. I don't think that that character should pay the price of Jonathan Major since. There are plenty of other actors who are super talented that know how to keep their hands to themselves and treat people, you know, honestly and decently. You know, in reference to the allegations against Majors. Why can't we just go get one of them and move on from this guy? Because the Kang character has a lot left to give. Yeah. So you're saying get the white Kang and then, yeah. I am not an advocate for the white king, personally. Well, actually, I am, in the sense that I love the white king from the comics. You know, we can't go back. We can't go back. I mean, he's blue. Let's be real. <laughs> that's a real nah, bro. Yeah, that's remember, a mask. Remember when he took his clothes off? And uh, I don't remember what book that was. That was the king white as snow. It, it, yeah. it, it, it shocked you. <laughs> Greg, I was like, oh, was it Greg Land. Yeah. Whoa. I thought Kang was blue. I mean, isn't I, that really just yeah. just movie or TV characters for black? Like, yes, yeah, yep. yes, blue. Probably why they went with black? <laughs> blue is the new black. Yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm all for that. Um, I, yeah, go ahead, Tyler. I'm kind of halfway with you, whereas I I think they should recast for Kang Dynasty. If they planned on Kang being the big bad of Secret Wars as well, I think they need to pivot pivot there. Like, there's still a part of me that still wants, I don't know how you do it, but still wants Doctor Doom for Secret Wars. It is just such, like, an integral part of that storyline. And I guess timeline-wise, will he have already been introduced in Fantastic Four at that point? He would. Theoretically. So, and based on the rumors that they have a, in case of emergency, pulled the doom lever. So. That's going to suck. It's going to suck because it's going to be hot shotted. And I feel like the Fantastic Four aspect of this whole thing, which we're going to get to in a moment. It, 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 it has to land. The Fantastic Four and the X-Men cannot have all this shit that's been happening for the last couple of years. If they don't work, that's when you're going to hear me say it's a wrap. So, to me, blowing, you know, everybody wants Doom, I want Doom. But 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 hot-shotting him into that position, when we, we haven't seen him, by that point, he'll probably have had, what, one appearance? Is it really earned? To get the God Doom and to get all of that, I don't, I don't think so. And then, what do you do after that? How do you, you, how do you use him after that? That's the send off for for the MCU for what the MCU is and how it operates. Right, that kind of big crescendo moment is when the character's done. You know, we're not seeing Thanos. I don't think again. 
um, because he got his big shot. I don't want them to waste their big shot, Dr. Doom. Which is why they should not even be doing Secret Wars right now. They don't have enough in the tank. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I can imagine they're doing with Secret Wars is, like, you know, and I said this, I think, geez, years ago with the Thanos snap, you know, do the reset. Give us a new Steve Rogers. Give us a new um, Tony Stark. You know, mm-hmm. get these get these characters back in cycle. Uh, I I think that that if if this doesn't land, if the Fantastic Four and the X Men don't land and reasonably uh, refresh the MCU, I don't know that we're far away from that. Like yeah, the, reboot. I, the idea that the MCU depends on the Fantastic Four success is scary <laughs> because of his track record. Yeah. Um, but it's also it's also contingent on, you know, uh, 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 Brandon Barnett just said it in the chat. Secret Wars will be MCU versus Fox Universe. It's also contingent on Hugh Jackman. That ancient music man has got to crawl, you know, Crawl his corpse into the into the Wolverine suit one last time, bub. At least he has a suit now. He's always had a suit. It's just not been the one you wanted. But we should we should deal with that part, the Fox versus MCU part. Um, man, look, I am. You put some fanboy shit on the big screen, and I'm gonna eat it up. That's just a fact. But what is also a fact is that for me, I want the movie to be good. And, you know, I love No Way Home. I thought No Way Home was awesome. I know it's not everybody's favorite, but I love that. So if they're going to do. If they're going to do more of that fan service, they got to do a lot better getting to that point because Endgame has fan service, right? As the end of the saga, Avengers Endgame has a lot of fan service. It's a very fan-forward movie. It's very fun in that way. But it only works for me because of everything that they had done to earn those moments. That on-your-left moment, that's storytelling that paid off over a decade. And you can't just get that type of excitement by putting characters on the screen together, just toys smashing together. That's not going to get the job done. They got to put some emotion, some heart, and some story grease into this thing. You know, the Rick and Morty writers are not going to get that job done. I'm sorry. So now a lot of that is based on what happens in Deadpool. Right. (laughs) Which is like, oh, okay, great. That's where our, our drama and narrative focus needs to be anchored for the foreseeable future is Deadpool. And it makes perfect sense. I mean, no spoilers, but, well, I can't even say this. There's, no, there's just no way I can say it. But, um, yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. Go ahead, Kim. Well, to that same degree, like they, that's what they were trying to do with uh, in Quantumania. Take this you know, traditionally unserious character and put these massive stakes on him, you know, and then it didn't even pay off. 
Right. I, I mean, but again, I think that that part comes down to the writing hasn't been the best. And I like that movie. I, 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 and I stand, I stand on it. I enjoy Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I'd watch it again right now. But I'm not saying that I'm right. I know that I'm in the minority. I know that I'm wrong. <laughs> but the point that I'm trying to make is that the fact that you all feel like that tells me that despite what I think, there's something wrong with that movie. <laughs> and I bet you if it had a better writer, you know, we'd be having a different conversation. There needs to be more oversight and more quality control behind the scenes. Kevin Feige ain't minding the house the way he has been. That's why I'm glad that damn Star Wars fucking movie is canceled because we need him on the horn with this stuff. Mm. You know, get in get in the trenches. Well, don't worry. Taika Waititi is still doing a Star Wars movie, so. Oh, God. Sorry. I just had a flashback to uh, Thor Love and Thunder. One of the worst MCU movies of all time. I, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not concerned about Star Wars. I'm so checked out on Star Wars. I'm not even sure I want a lightsaber anymore. Yeah, I'm pretty checked out as well. I got to tell you. Wow. A lot of comments. You guys are, you guys are fantastic. Hey, listen, the likes do not reflect the amount of people that are here right now. Let's get the likes number up. If you are hearing my voice, you need to hit that like button. We're going to have a very fun draft today. Um, we're going to do a draft that is uh, thematic, not to this week's show, but to last week's show. And you'll find out how we get to that point. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's hit some of these comments real quick. So let's see. Uh, Fox versus MCU. From what I'm hearing, they are doing Fox Kids Spider-Man Secret Wars with Tobey Maguire and the Hickman Secret Wars explanation. So if I understand what you're suggesting... You were suggesting that they will do the original Secret Wars concept, which is how this, the animated show dealt with it. It was just basically Spider-Man, Storm, and a whole bunch of other heroes versus the villains. Um, and uh, with, the, with, the, with the incursions explanation. So I think that's mm -hmm. what he means. And I believe that that's correct. It's the OG Secret Wars plus the Hickman Secret Wars put together we can clearly see that the hickman stuff is there because there are incursions happening um another thing that the mcu at large doesn't seem to give a flying fuck about yet it's happening um i'm fine with that i'm, I'm fine with that when i hear secret wars that's what i think about i think about the og one and the battle between heroes and villains and i think about the incursions the way that you do it right if you're doing fox versus mcu is that the fox universe and the MCU are too close to each other, and they are about to have an incursion, which requires the heroes of those worlds to fight. And that is very, very obviously what's going to happen. What was that uh, story in Ultimate Universe called when that happened? Ultimate End? Was that it? Mm, it was uh, when they were incur incursing, incursioning with 616. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't remember what that was called, but yes, I, I do remember that. So essentially that is going to happen. Yes. Is Fox our ultimate movie universe? Yes, I think I think it well, is. Yeah. Uh, 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 from Exile Warrior 006, 
Uh, congratulations on that title. Yeah. The Fantastic Four and X-Men are probably the only thing that cannot save, just stabilize the MCU. And I assume this is what you're saying. If not then, then nothing will. Um, I think, I think from a, like people talk about a reboot, right? This is not a reboot, but it is a refreshing because you're, you're suddenly getting a, a, a deluge of new characters, right? So it allows you to put the focus on other people, tell different kinds of stories that you really can't get. What, what Marvel franchise is going to let them tell fantastic four type stories that we have right now you know in the mcu none so that's where that's where that comes from but what will save the mcu like for real is just quality i think i thought the marvels was pretty good i had fun with that i don't know if you guys saw i mean i, mean, I know you two saw that i don't know if you guys watched it but i think the marvels was strong i think guardians was strong and yeah. are those not the only two? Am I am I miss, missing something? Are those those are the only? Oh, and Quantumania. So two out of three this year, we're pretty strong. Yeah, the narrative doesn't reflect that. But I mean, I think with the writer strike and the actor strike, it allowed a lot of downtime for people to just start hating the MCU. Yeah. Um, well, and not just. Not just people either, like, you know, uh, <laughs> Vengeance Publishing, you know, um, uh, uh, it, it gave it gave film outlets time to write think pieces on how Disney was failing, you know, not only failing creatively, but failing their employees, too, you know, with the, you know, uh, uh, VFX people. Like it was just a a stream of not good press for Disney, um, and I think that reflected, and I think that it affected uh, people's opinions on on the product. But to be fair, on that two out of three count, Quantumania was supposed to be the one that moved the plot forward. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Guardians and Marvels were just movies. No, you're you're absolutely right. The movie that was supposed to be the the anchor point, you know, stunk it out. You know, according to the majority opinion, so that's a bad look. It's it like if Guardians Three is not a good movie, somehow it doesn't matter. In, in the sense yeah. that, like the MCU carries on; those are characters that are pretty sequestered uh, for James Gunn outside of like Avengers team up type things. Yeah. So if that movie doesn't perform, whatever. But Ant-Man and Quantumania needed to do well, and it just didn't. It just yeah. didn't connect. Uh, Chillmonger says, I just rewinded to the beginning and heard potentially a monster about majors. you got to get your news from anywhere but Variety. There are photos and video. Look, Chill, I love you, right? And Chill's got a channel where he talks about a lot of this stuff. I am not a lawyer. I'm not an investigator. I'm not, an, I'm not, you know, I'm not any of that. I'm a dude with a podcast. And it's not my responsibility to do all this digging. I am saying that in, he is in the middle of some heavy charges, and I'm not going to talk about this without acknowledging the charges that are levied against him because that's responsible. Whatever the outcome, right? it's still something that's happening. Exactly. 
And you said potentially. Right. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. You and I I'm are potentially say- monsters. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not saying I believe or or don't believe what happened. We've had that conversation. I'm just saying that to report on it, to talk about it, I have to bring that up. There's no way I can. Yeah, sprinkle a whole bunch of alleged pleas everywhere. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Amin Perez. Hey, I see that green name. Love the green names in the chat. If you want a green name of your own, then you can become a channel member by clicking the join button. If you're watching this video right now, it is right next to the subscribe button, which should say subscribed, right? So subscribed and joined if you want to hang out with us on the channel membership side of things. Amin Perez says a 616 Illuminati team would be such a great link between movies. You are absolutely right. And that is why I think it was so terrible to introduce and murder the Illuminati in Doctor Strange. Because we need them now. And once they do it again, if they choose to show us the Illuminati, that's going to be a little stickier. It's like, well, we just saw these people get washed by Scarlet Witch. Who cares about them? That was a huge mistake. And same with Kang. Ant-Man walked all over it. Almost literally. <laughs> I think he might have gotten tra- legit trampled, but yeah. This feels like bad wrestling booking, you know? <laughs> you know, you got this guy with, with a, ro- a lot of heat, you know, he's, he's, he's getting popular, and then you have him lose in a really dumb match, and then the, the, the heat's gone. Kang yeah. heat is kind of waned right now you're not wrong at all man i but i but i i stand i stand by this statement i think that the mcu is always one project away from turning things around you don't like kang right now well if they make a hot movie with kang in it and they kind of you know fix some things and and present more of what the real idea is here I think people will get behind it. I really do. When you have IGN, Forbes, The Hollywood Reporter, Variety, you know, all singing the death knell of the MCU, people are going to believe that. But once those trades change their minds, I think people will change their minds. Do you think... Another factor here could just be that the idea of Kang in the multiverse is a little too complicated. No. Especially not right now. We haven't even dipped our toe into it. Yeah, I know. Which is what what worries me once you start bringing in, you know, Ben Affleck as Daredevil possibly or, you know, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. I think people are going to be like, oh, where's Superman? You know, I think it might potentially get confusing. Well, well, what I will say, Tyler, is that the variant concept, if I recall correctly, was not introduced in a movie. So because of that, a lot like the like we understand what variants are because obviously we read comics and we all I think we all saw Loki season one where they explained all this. But if you don't read comics and you didn't see Loki, then what the fuck is going on? Well, uh, right? Doctor Strange uh, with Rachel McAdams, they show her as a variant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But that the was... variant concept was introduced. Oh, like sure, the sure, explanation sure. Yeah. of how this works came from something that you, you just might not have seen. So when you go see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and you're introduced to this villain who's supposed to be all powerful and yada yada yada, but you don't also know that there are all these other Kangs and the War of Kangs and everything else, if you're not 
fully locked in on that, then it looks like they just beat the boss. And then the scene where you see all the other Kangs becomes diminished because, okay, yeah, there are all of them, but they just beat this one guy with no problem. You know, it's like whenever, like, uh, like whenever there's a, a villain who's really strong and then that villain gets dispatched and then there's a hundred of them, somehow the hundred are never as strong as the one. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like all those Kangs, like, it, it just didn't work. It just didn't, I just don't think it worked. I think it took heat away from him to see him lose to Ant-Man. It should have taken the Young Avengers to stop Kang this first time. So It should have taken a lot more. Or they should have taken Ant-Man. Uh, yeah. You know, if, yeah. if Kang and Ant-Man go at the same time, like it shows that there's a real sacrifice happening here. And this is a major player. This dude just killed an Avenger. Right. The trailer for the movie said there's a moment where and it's it's in the film too where where Ant-Man says I don't have to beat you. I just have you just have to not win. Something like something along those lines. And I thought yeah. that was such a brilliant line. And if they stuck to the letter of that line, I actually think things would have been perfectly fine. Ant-Man loses. Kang doesn't lose, he just doesn't win. Yep. But they didn't do that. Kang definitively lost, and that was a mistake. Um, let's hit some comments. I do want to move on. We've got a lot of other uh sub MCU stuff to talk about. Uh, I think it really just comes down to MCU fatigue. That's it. Eh, I think I think when people are talking about the quality of the movies, you do have an issue. I I would not say that there is not a quality issue. I do think there is. Sean, when you say quality, I think I think Brandon Barnett in the chat was wondering like, what do you what do you mean by quality? Well, I think, look, would you guys agree that the writing for some of these movies, and listen, not just writing, directing, okay, even some acting in some cases, CG, everything else, has it not been up? It's not been up to par, right? We would all agree to that. Yeah. It feels very uh, neutered. So that's what I'm talking about. The 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 Captain America Winter Soldiers of the world the Black Panthers of the world, the, you know, these incredible films that we got, it doesn't feel like we're getting movies that are hitting that high bar the way we were before. I I hated Ant-Man or uh, Iron Man 3, right? That movie to me is horrible. But alongside Iron Man 3, we were also getting Winter Soldiers and other movies that were like, okay, well, this one wasn't so great, but this was amazing. There's no balance. For me, I also feel like it, it's it's the inverse of what the Marvel Universe has been doing, whereas the Marvel Universe previously felt like movies that then uh, – that did their own thing, but then there was a tie-in to the greater narrative, whereas I feel like now it's the greater narrative first, which I then think is causing the singular movies to lose out mm. on style, on – you know, an actual story on character development because they need to play towards this grander plot. I don't know, man. I feel like playing towards a grander plot is is something that they should have dialed in. I think I think that I think I look at it like this: too much, right? Too much stuff, not enough quality assurance. That's to me. That's the only issue. 
Too much stuff, not enough quality assurance. Aggressively relaxing disagrees. Uh, They say the production of these films and shows is world-class. I can point to things I don't think work, but claiming they're poorly made is insane. I think you can look at She-Hulk and uh, I like that sort of proves our point. Like that show is a mess. And and like you can like it, right? But you, we cannot have the debate that She-Hulk didn't have CG problems. It's not a it's not a debate. It's a fact. We know that they added CG after the show came out because it wasn't done. And it wasn't because the CG people sucked. It's not because they were bad at their jobs. It's because they were told to do things in a certain order. And because of a lack of paying attention and a lack of having showrunners, they had to switch things around and do big She-Hulk scenes earlier than they intended to. That's not their fault. And I believe some of these VFX studios worked on like those Planet of the Apes movies. So like the we know the quality is there, the potential for it. But uh, what's that? What's that? That diagram? It's like you want speed, quality, or price. You can only pick two. Hmm. Um, yeah, Marvel seems to be wanting speed, and price doesn't matter to them. Yeah, like I'm not, and, and I'm not saying um, that I think that everything that they do sucks. I, I, I certain, I'm a huge fan of this stuff. So let's not, you know, mistake what we're here saying. But go ahead. I'm saying that I'm fine saying that. That doesn't bother me one bit. That may not be your opinion, but it is mine, and that's you know, man, hater kills back in action. What uh, Tom account, go ahead. Sorry, I never left. Yeah, what true. do you mean? <laughs> um, Atomic account says sounds like the MC was sharing the same fundamental problem as the publishing arm. Yeah, I actually agree with that. Marvel, Marvel across all all aspects is lockstep with the same problem. I, I completely agree. Um, Brandon Barnett, She-Hulk was a 30-minute show. The CG was fine. See, you say that, right? But again, I'll, I'll say it again. We know for a fact that it wasn't fine because they had to go back and fix it. And it, they did, it wasn't a Sonic situation where people simply thought it, it didn't look true to the character. It just didn't look good. So if Marvel felt the need to spend millions of dollars to go fix CG in an episode of a show that already came out, it's not even what we're going to sit here and debate that whether whether there was a problem or not. Marvel feels there was a problem. And the audience felt there was a problem. And I would also say, like, I don't think it, the Shield stuff is bad. I just don't think it's Marvel MCU quality that we saw. And, you know, there's a standard you have. And I think the the VFX studios, when they were they were unionizing, they talked about this. They yeah. pretty much like were like, yeah, that's not the stuff that we wanted to do because we were on crunch time. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like uh, aggressively relaxing. I don't know why you're being so aggressive, um, but it's not uh, very relaxing. Yeah. Like I'm not going to debate it anymore. It's what I'm saying is a fact. And you're just you're just I don't know. You just can't get with it. That's on you. Um, let's shift gears. Uh Let's get into the Fantastic Four aspect of this whole thing because there are major rumors about casting. The biggest one up front is Pedro Pascal uh, as Reed Richards. No, thanks. I, my, um, 
Internet might hate me for this one. Um, I'm tired of this dude. <laughs> yeah. He just seems to be IP guy at this point. Like, I think he's a great actor. Um, he's funny. He seems like a genuinely good dude. But he is just in everything at this point where I'm just like, nah. Uh, apparently, especially, like, based on the other people that are rumored to have tested for this role. Um, nah. I, I would have preferred any of them, honestly. Maybe this is a controversial opinion. I liked John Krasinski. I don't I think thought, it is, yeah. I thought he was great. And if we could get Emily Blunt, real-life married couple, to be Reed and Sue, I think it would be phenomenal. I think I, – I man, Pedro Pascal's really a, a talented a talented actor. He's the, the – again, he's the daddy of Hollywood. They got this guy with all types of kids – I saw a movie. I saw a movie. I didn't oh, see movie. I didn't see them. I didn't see the movie. I saw a trailer for a movie in which Pedro Pascal plays a guy who wears a mask and gets saddled with taking care of a young girl in a situation where like they're like sequestered, they're like in the desert or in the woods or some shit like that. I saw the trailer for this movie. Are you describing the Mandalorian plot? <laughs> Dude, he <laughs> might as well be. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And it, I believe it came out before The Mandalorian. So I'm like, whoa, this dude's been playing the same character because he plays it in The Ma- in the Mandalorian. He plays it in this movie I just mentioned. He plays it in The Last of Us. He's going to play it in FF, allegedly. Like, oh, my God. So when you said daddy, you didn't mean it like daddy. You meant like father. No, yeah, father. <laughs> yes, of course. Okay, all right. My brain is skewed for that word. <laughs> Um, I, and, and you know what, I'm going to say something else that's controversial. I'm not like, uh, to me, Reed Richards, a white dude. I'm not here for this. I mean, this guy's white, white enough. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ain't white, but um, like, go ahead. No, I get you. Do you feel like, like there are some characters that I think whiteness is inherent in their character. Magneto. You cannot race swap Magneto. Um, Agreed. Unless you change his origin completely. And then I would say, yeah, make a new character. Um, do you think it's inherent in Reed Richards? I thought about this because I knew I was going to say this and I wanted to make sure that I had sure. a good reason yes. to say it. Um, I just don't think that non-white dudes get to be as like oblivious to things as Reed is. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I, it's very good, actually. Yeah. Reed doesn't know who's walking in the door behind him in a, at a diner. You know, he's busy in his head. <laughs> he's just, yeah, Reed doesn't care about the world around. Him. He cares about the world around him insofar as he wants to fix it, but not in the sense that, like, he just doesn't have normal problems. He's not a normal guy. I think that, and I think his whiteness is tethered to that. Like, look at, um, look at Mr. Terrific, right, from mm-hmm. D.C., Mr. Terrific reminds me of Reed Richards, but Mr. Terrific got problems, right? Like Mr. Terrific is a dude that has gravity and weight to, to things have weight in his mind. He's a very measured guy. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. Changing, yeah, change, making Reed Richards black would add would add too much to the character to make it like, <laughs> you know, to that would change who he is. Exactly. He's a very different person at that point. I'm not, and I don't want, 
it's not about I need to see a white I need to see white skin. It's that I need to see Reed Richards that I know. You know, I, that's what I want. I don't want another Reed. And to your point, Kill, if you add those elements, it's just not the same person. So I don't hate that. Normally, I, I I disagree with you on a lot of this type of thing, but I I don't hate that. I that makes a lot of sense to me. Reed's too busy fixing the ultimate nullifier to go to the BLM rally. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man! Black man ain't gonna get no ultimate nullifier without the FBI knocking down his door. <laughs> yeah, like Reed Richards is. If you think about Reed Richards, right? Who are the heroes of Marvel? Who are the unvarnished heroes of Marvel? You got Captain America. Everybody loves Cap. You got Reed Richards and Tony Stark. These dudes are white as the driven snow. You could not have the second they had a black Captain America. All these motherfuckers in Marvel were like, wait a second. We don't like Cap. What's this about? Get that shield away from him. Like, <laughs> like you can't you can't be the hero of the world and be black. Are you kidding me? And that's textual too. That shit is on screen. <laughs> yeah, it's on screen, it's on paper, it's everywhere. Yeah. Come on. Uh, that wasn't the only uh, Fantastic Four rumor that we had, though. Uh, there were a few more casting rumors, and these are even more off the beaten path, I think. So in the case of Silver Surfer, there is a rumor uh, that comes from Jeff Snyder. He's a Hollywood scooper. We've, we've reported on stuff he has said before. Um, he's saying, alleging that Silver Surfer will actually be played by a woman. A woman? Hmm. Women can surf. That's true, yeah. Um you know what? I don't I don't I don't hate that. You know, I just Yeah, I don't it's just gonna be just a a, a nude body suited silver lady, like if you just inverse the origin, it doesn't really change much. Although part of me feels like Silver Surfer, <laughs> we're talking about inherently white. For some reason, I always thought Silver Surfer was inherently black, and I have no explanation for that. I always thought Silver Surfer was black. He gets that that same black is blue conundrum. Yep. Uh, it's probably because he just looked good bald, but, you know. <laughs> and he's cool. he's just cool as hell. A black trait? <laughs> you got that shit right. Um I I I care less about this, I think. Um yeah. like this could be this could be fine. I don't know like is there really a reason to do this, but if hey, if if this is the only way they can get more women in the movie, if they can't figure out how to pull that shit off, I guess. I wonder if this is a misunderstanding of of the of this scoop though. And maybe it's not Silver Surfer at all, and it's a different female Herald of Galactus, because there have been plenty. Because part of me thinks that, like, don't even do Silver (laughs) Surfer. Just do someone else. Do Nova. Do, you know, uh, uh, Morax or whatever. Well, let me just jump in to say this is the direct quote from Snyder. And yes, you can expect to see a female Silver Surfer. Well... I yeah I don't um, I don't think they're gonna do Galactus without the Silver Surfer. Period. Yeah, it's his mouthpiece essentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that I, takes I, on I a different connotation. Oh my god! 
<laughs> Speaking of Galactus, though, there's a rumor about him as well. The same scooper, Jeff Schneider, says that Marvel Studios is chasing Javier Bardem to play Galactus. Okay. Great. Is he, he going to call it Reed Frendo? <laughs> oh, God. For all, for all those lines that Galactus famously has. Right. Yeah, like, I don't, this is whatever. Honestly, I, I hope this is true for Harry Bardem, because that's got to be the easiest paycheck ever. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like he was in, uh, recently, he was King Atlantis in the Little Mermaid live action, which wasn't that bad. Triton, yeah. Triton, yeah, Triton. Um, and, man, the dude has some gravitas to his voice, that's for sure. So I think if you want a voice guy, this is a fine pick. But this also feels like a fan casty pick where, like, it's like, all right. But, like, uh, in the same breath, just get fucking um, Lou Ferrigno in a, in a purple bucket hat. And, it, you know, he doesn't have to talk. It's fine. Give that dude a paycheck. And also, this is a lot for uh, an initial Fantastic Four movie. Silver Surfer, Galactus, presumably Doom. Heavy. I don't know if they would do Doom and Galactus at the same time. I hope they don't. Unless he's, unless this is pre Doom, I don't think they would do it. I almost feel like Doom has got to be done the same way that the Spider Man games are doing Norman Osborn. Like he's a character. Victor Von Doom is a character in the movie, but his full on heel turn and, and global takeover does not happen immediately. Where he's maybe antagonistic, but there is a friendship there that I think they need to explore. And might might add some depth yeah. to those characters that would be really good to explore. If Doctor Doom is not Doctor Doom by the end of that movie, I think that that's the that's that that's that kills that kills a lot of what people are excited about. Um because then it's like everyone wants to see Doom, and I think the 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 fervor around this character and the you know if if in need break glass for Doom idea is making it so that it's like Doom is the savior, Doom's the next big bad, Doom, Doom, Doom. I don't see that character that way, um, but people seem to, and so if Secret Wars rolls around and Doom Victor Von Doom exists, but he's not Doctor Doom. And he's not like materially a part of the story. People are going to be livid. Well, I think he has to be Doctor Doom at the beginning as well. Like, I, but I could, but he doesn't necessarily need to be, need to be the driving force antagonist, if that makes sense. So he's like, got. So you're saying he's Doctor Doom in the beginning of the Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. He's just not presenting that way. He's presenting as Victor Von Doom, and he's a friend of Reed's. Not even. No, he could even have Latveria and all that stuff. But that's not the driving plot point. Maybe they need to go there for you know, some reluctant help or something. Um, but he exists in this world already. Because I don't I don't think we get an origin, you know, so I don't think we need to do all that Doom stuff and, you know, the FF origin and all that. We get, I think we get something similar to, you know, uh, uh, the uh, Edward Norton's Hulk, you know, in the pre-credits or the credits or whatever, uh, the opening sure. credits. I think they can't afford to worry about 
space rays and all that stuff right now. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this is an origin movie. Definitely not. In fact, that, I go ahead. I was gonna, that to me is why they probably won't do Doom immediately. Or so, especially if they're with Galactus and the Silver Surfer. You're saying like they probably already like fought him. They've encountered Doom already. Yeah. Like if 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 we have sort of an established Fantastic Four, having Doom in the background already makes sense. Hmm. Amon Perez says, so are we all just accepting FF happens in another universe? <laughs> I I I do. I do. That is my belief. And it's been my belief for years, literal years. Do you do it in the Fox universe? And then that's what the incursion happens and the melding of it all? Um I think I think the timing of all this stuff is so tricky. I don't think they can be the Fox. Uh, I don't think they can be from the Fox universe because that universe already has a Fantastic Four. So it would it would have to be another another universe. I'm not even suggesting that these Fantastic Four are not from Six One Six. Just that my belief has always been they're on a mission elsewhere, and they've been gone for a long time or something like they got trapped somewhere else. Maybe they maybe they got trapped somewhere else in another universe, and they've been living their lives. They've had kids. They've done all that. And the incursions and what's going on with that forces them to come back here or somehow puts them back here. They show up. They're like, oh, Hank, you got old. You know, like something something cheesy like that. Well, the, if they, the, again, though, the, the, the FF that the MCU introduces cannot be the same ones from the Fox universe. Sorry, I meant Hank Pym. Like if they were like contemporary, oh, 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 oh. Not, 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 okay, I don't want to, okay, yeah, don't. Say anything, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that yeah, no, that's fun. I love that idea. Like that, that to me is like there's there's uh there's backstory and there's history here, and I love that. If that means more Michelle Pfeiffer, sign me up. Preach. Absolutely. All the right. The only thing getting me excited about the MCU right now. Well, oh, I don't know, man. How about this next bit? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this will get you. I really do. So there are major rumors that there is a Thor 5, um, you know, very, very early into um, production and idea, I, I, the idealization stage. And Taika Waititi was asked about this and asked, you know, what his involvement would be. And he said the following. I know I won't be involved. I'm going to concentrate on these other films I've signed on for. So that's six, seven years gone. I'd imagine another Thor would be a lot sooner than that. But I love Marvel. I love working with them. I love Chris. You thought that would excite me? Yeah. That Taika's gone. I don't give a, I don't give a flying fuck who, who directs the next Thor. You don't? I hope, I hope it is Taika. What? I hope he does something crazy. Oh, my God. I... My man, the, the frog. I don't know. Movie. I am so checked out. <laughs> Honestly, like I like this for the opposite reason. I like it not because it it means he's not on Thor. Sure, whatever. Love and Thunder wasn't great, um, but this allows Taika to actually do B movies, which I think is where his specialty is. And if if that's what he wants to do, then all all for it. I don't give a shit. I don't give a <laughs> shit. 
I don't care about Taika Waititi at all. And this is the greatest news ever because I don't understand why we can't get an epic Thor movie, right? With some stakes, with some gravity, with some great speeches. You know, come on, man. This is like, this is Norse mythology stuff. Get into that. Like, make it fun. Like, the first Thor movie had both. It was fun. Yeah. But it also had that weight and that gravity and that grandiose, larger-than-life Asgard feel that I feel like the Taika movies kind of, like, took Asgard as this big, huge, expansive concept, shrunk it down. And it wasn't fun anymore. I want Kenneth Branagh back. Give me Shakespearean Thor. Yes. I'm not against that. It's a shame he's, you know, got his Poirot verse going. Well, not a shame, but uh, because, listen, I'm having more fun with that. Are they good? They're tremendous. Really? Okay. I should probably check those out. This newest one is, I haven't seen it yet, but it's supposed to be the best one. Sean, I would kill for you to watch, like, some of the Taika stuff, like uh, um, Eagle versus Shark. Just it is such a weird thing to like see that, see how that movie is made. Look at you know what what we do in the shadows and stuff, and think let's give them Marvel movies. Like it is just strange. One of Marvel's many odd decisions. Yes, Ragnarok was good though. I will say it was tolerable. It was the shakeup Thor needed. I think. Yes, yes, I agree with that. Um, I think. Go ahead. Well. I mean, uh, you know, because then he he did Jojo Rabbit, you know, which was a deadly serious film. Was it? Yeah, dog. It's about the Holocaust. But it, it's a goofy film about it, though. I don't think it is. Oh, I think it's pretty. Goofy. I think it's. I think it's got comedic bits, but I don't think it's goofy at all. It's literally about a kid who worships the SS. And then realizes Hitler is bad. Woo! Wow. I, there's nothing goofy about that, my man. It it is it is the boy in the striped pajamas by way of corduroy. Like, uh, you know, corduroy the the bear, Paddington. How about Paddington? Is that better? Yeah, but I don't think your analogy is correct. I think it's a I'm goofy movie. Completely lost. Oh, you haven't seen Paddington? No, oh, no. Paddington Two. Bro, you gotta watch Paddington Two. That's a good ass movie. But Mikhail, let's be honest, that is not a short movie. <laughs> I I contend Paddington Two would crack even Sean. You're saying Paddington Two, the sequel to Paddington One, is a universally lovable film. Yep. Okay. Hmm. Well, we will never find out. <laughs> We're going to find out. All right. All we got to right. like a, so. a, 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 what's that movie? The I just saw it recently. Clockwork Orange. With the... Oh, my God. No, please. Um, I can't do that. <laughs> I think that might be. <laughs> wow. It's some kind of crime. Uh, So. The last bit of MCU, this one this one is kind of rumor, but also seems like fact. And it comes from a source that I would say is fairly reliable. It comes from Robert Kirkman, of all people. Now, what does Robert Kirkman have to do with Marvel these days? Absolutely nothing. But 
he does have a friend who has a role in an upcoming Marvel movie that has up until this point been unknown. And I'm talking about none other than Stephen Young. And this is what Robert Kirkman had to say about Stephen's role in the Thunderbolts movie. Quote, My good friend Stephen Young is playing the Sentry in a movie. I He called me. He went for a costume fitting. I don't think this is a spoiler or anything that will get anybody in trouble. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. I don't care. I don't work for Marvel. What are they going to do to me? He called me and said, I just came back from a costume fitting for Century. I guess I only do superheroes that wear yellow and blue. Of course, him being the voice of Invincible. Wow. Sure. I have no feeling about this. Other than, like, I love the Sentry as a character. Um, and I think I think us, us Sentry heads, Sean, us Sentry heads... Yeah. have a, a real some real stake in the character um, because I think it is a, a character of a particular time in Marvel Comics um, that I think it is when done well is a really fascinating character um, that I was uh, famously wasn't around for well I mean sorry I mean oh, Sean yeah. and I talk about Sentry all the time you know I'm just saying you're a fake Sentry fan um, more, I never more said I was a Sentry fan <laughs> Um, but <laughs> the, I don't think, well, like we're talking about, you know, the Reed Richards stuff. I don't think the race matters with, with Sentry. I think this is going to sound stupid. I think any, I think if, as long as the acting is good, it's fine. And as long as the hair looks good, I think the hair is actually an important part of the character. Cause that hides a lot of that ambiguity and like his motive and stuff that you can really play with. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and He's like the golden. I don't. I don't. I don't know what his like tagline, but he's like the golden Avenger. You know. I think it was that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So like, he's got to have the gold hair and the you know bright smile and everything else. I'm not saying Stephen Young can't have this, but that's what it has. I think that's what it has to be. Um, how this is going to work out, we'll see. This makes a lot of sense considering that Marvel is now trying to bring a new century into the fold in the comics with the new um, century mini that's coming up. Eh, whatever. Do you think that's who he's playing? Whatever that new character is. Mm. Um. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. I guess that would make what new, sense. What new character? Whoever the new century is going to end up being in the comics. I don't and, know anything about this. It's not out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it has. It's not out yet, but they are. They are uh, have announced and and are coming out with a book that's going to feature the debut of a new person who will get the powers of the century. Okay. For those of you who don't know, by the way, who the century is, this is a character that was inserted into Marvel Comics history in a very unique and and cool kind of cool way. Um, it's he. It's like. Every he's always been around, but people don't remember that he's been around. And then they put out a comic book. I don't remember who wrote it, but it was or who drew it, but it was really cool. Maybe it was Paul Cornell, but um, it was uh, it was like, hey, here are the adventures of the century, like a mm -hmm. reprint, except it's it's brand new because it's meant to ape the idea that he's he's not new. He's been around for since as long as anyone else. Um, and anytime he does something good. 
something bad happens. And I won't even say any more. I think it's a really cool concept that uh, you guys should read for yourselves. Paul Jenkins. Paul Jenkins. Okay, thank you. Uh, Amin Perez. Marvel two cowards to make an actual century movie that follows the idea from the 2000s comic. I hope they do. Yeah, Spider-Boy, but better. Exactly. It's it's because Bendis actually had goals with the century, and Marvel had goals with the century. The only goal with Spider-Boy is to make money. They had creative goals with the century. What do we say? What do we say about slot uh, on Powell's polls this week? Straczynski made a meal, slot microwaved it or something. <laughs> it's the exact same thing here with the Sentry and Spider Boy. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at it's all. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is not really a surprise. It's more of a confirmation of something that I think a lot of people already suspected was the case. Um cool. Good. We need the century. Why not? And Tyler, Thunderbolts. I think that 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 that's kind of an interesting place to debut the character, no? I mean, so Robert Reynolds, I'm about to put my comical continuity hat on right now, um, did have a run in with the Thunderbolts during uh, King and Black, uh, where he died. <laughs> um, right. And it was the Thunderbolts kind of lugging around his body because the the, the power of the century was still latent in his corpse. Um, I think it was a Rosenberg-written Thunderbolts. A very fun Thunderbolts mini. I think you're right, yeah. Um, with, like, fun characters, unlike the movie. Uh, but I don't know if they play off something like that. Like, he's just a MacGuffin, which I think Sentry done wrong, he becomes a MacGuffin. Um, Sentry done right, I think there's some actual real cool character development there with Robert Reynolds and his wife and all that. Mm, yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I think this can be a lot of fun. I think it can be cool. Uh, Harris says, tell us Marvel is casting a Super Saiyan without thing. <laughs> Yo, let's go. I mean, he is kind of a Super Saiyan, right? I didn't think about that. That's really I mean, funny, yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's going to be the best Dragon Ball Z movie of, of all yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's the MCU stuff. And I think all these uh, all these rumors and all this stuff that we're sort of, you know, um, uh, mulling over represents the fact that the MCU is at maybe its most important stage ever. Um, the way that Iron Man had to be good, the way that Avengers had to be good, and by good, I mean great. Uh, I think that the next, I think this moment, is when Marvel has to make the best decisions it has ever made to get back to where they were. And maybe they never can. Maybe things will never be as exciting as they were at Endgame. You know, maybe things should have ended. Or maybe that's where a lot of people decided to jump off. But I personally think the best is yet to come. I truly believe that. I think the best is yet to come. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh Amin perez sin hat here but i think they are doing keenan kong and marvel with him being created by the government so keenan kong is the the chinese superman super hyphen man oh oh, oh from right okay yeah 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 from the other company 
Yeah. The distinguished competition. That's the one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That that would be cool. I, I can definitely see that. Sean, did you read uh, Jeff Lemire's Century book? Uh, when did it come out? 2018, 2019? No. It's fairly recent, yeah. Yeah. It's Kim Jacinto who does all those really good Marvel Snap variants. Yeah. Uh, Kim Jacinto is on art. And it is essentially, this is going to make you not like it probably, but it's Miracle Man. It's kind of like the first story of Miracle Man in a Century Lens. It's very good. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't read it because I just have really disliked what Marvel has done with the century since 2010 or whatever. <laughs> well, we talked about the MCU, but there's a lot more to get into, a lot of comic stuff. So, you know, keep it locked with us as we as we keep things moving. Thank you to the chat. You guys have been fantastic. Uh, a lot of you watching us today, thank you for coming out. Make sure that you guys hit that like button if you're watching us at all, really. Uh, the goal today is 25. So let's hit that. Um, and then we'll have a very fun draft, a very themed draft, a thematic draft. Um, if you guys are enjoying us so far, if you're if you're having a good time like we are, there's a lot more good time over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thecomicspals, where you're always getting some bang for your buck. Uh, we have a newsletter that goes out every single week. Uh, you can vote in the book club poll, which uh, in this particular case, the poll is closed. Uh, Sin City. I better start reading. I better start reading. I've never read it before. It's I a dame. Yeah. No. A dame to kill for, right? Yeah, volume two. Yeah, yep. yeah. Hope so you, like if you guys Miller. go ahead. No, I'm just saying, I hope you like Frank Miller. That, you better like Frank Miller. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to, you know, hang out with us when we do that episode um, live, because our book clubs are live now, get started, read it. I don't think you even probably need to read the first volume of Sin City. If you, you don't. There are characters that are in volume one, but it, it's, it's similar to like uh, uh, Darwin Cook's Parker. It's it's one and done in that storyline. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, you also get a nickname, a superhero or supervillain nickname and a shout out on this very show. So I would love to give a special shout out to the best pals in the universe. Thunderstruck Rebecca Alejandro, the Hound of Justice, Atomic Hound and Starcross Catherine Stars. Thank you so much. And I also want to thank the Night Stalker, Harris Dijinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer, Marvelous Mike and McKenzie, Marley Manistorm, Slow Flow Dameron, and Amin Almighty Perez. So you guys are the real MV pals. If you want to be a VI pal, you can join us on the youtube.com slash the comics pals channel membership. Just click the join button. Uh, it's very easy. You get emojis in the chat. You get a green name in the chat. You get a snazzy, the comics pals logo next to your name whenever you interact with us. Uh, and also you get timed exclusive evergreen videos um, about things that we don't really have the ability to talk about too much on this particular show. Um 
So it's 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 good stuff. I think our channel members uh, would speak to that, and uh, we would love for you to join us on that side of things. But of course, that is not a requirement. We are happy to do the show for everybody who listens to us, and there are plenty of other ways that you can support. Just leaving a like on this video, sharing our stuff, uh, leaving us a rating or a review, and we actually had one of those. Uh, that was a big surprise. We got a um, a review on Apple Podcasts, I think it was, right? Heard of it? <laughs> Marco shared it, but where did that boy put it? I don't know. Probably took it with him. I can. <laughs> it's in Montreal, uh, Canada, Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> I can find it if you want to vamp for a minute. Yeah, I'll wrap. I'll wrap. Um. So. Shit, what was I going to rap about? Supposed to be rapping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listener poll. So the listener poll is up. You guys can vote on YouTube.com slash The Comics Pals in the community tab for what book you want to see us review on Pals Polls, which is live every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Um, this poll, I think, is, 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 is pretty good. So we've got... We have... Carnage, number one, Batman Offworld, number one, Green Lantern War Journal, number three, and Universal Monsters Dracula, number two. Ooh. Right now, you guys really want us to read Batman Offworld. Oh, come on. Wait, I'm not going to be here. Who cares? Batman what? Wow. Get Dracula. Go Dracula. What's the Batman Offworld? That's the thing? That's the Jason Aaron one, yeah. Oh, uh, mm. Mm. Uh, let me read this review instead. Yep. Oh, the other Batman. Yeah. So this review was from Fable Unbound. Interesting. Good name. Uh, this show is top-notch. Everything from the commentary to the banter to the reporting is thorough and well thought out. Each member brings their own personality and their exchanges are never dull. The show excels in its presentation of news, old and present, and always innovates in its content, colorful journeys into the past of comic book history or various superhero games. It only gets better. Jump in on any episode on any platform and you won't be disappointed. Damn. That is incredibly nice. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. And if that person is listening right now, you are fantastic. Thank you. If you want to say nice things about us on the internet, please do. We love it. Gets our name out there a little bit more. Um, I got a question for you guys, actually. Oh, damn. Like yeah. a normal one? I think it's normal, yeah. It's just something a that regular I... Regular ass across the plate question yes absolutely. no one gets this reference and you're not going to yell it at us right no 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 <laughs> no i won't um and yeah no one knows what we're talking about because they only know the show from the last couple of years um, Refer references are fun yeah <laughs> uh i want to know and i'm so glad you you two are, are are the ones that are here today not that i don't want to hear this answer from marco but i think you guys will really um dig on this uh what writers are on your Mount Mount Rushmore of writers? Comic book writers? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Kafka off the list. Alan Moore. Morrison. Okay. How many people are on Mount Rushmore? Four? Four. <laughs> okay. Alan Moore. Morrison. Johns? Stan Sakai. I have a oh. Usagi Ojimbo question that I will ask later on. But, um, hmm. 
for me, I'm going to go uh, Remender. Morrison. Sounds like I'm doing Sean's list right Yeah, now. whoa. <laughs> uh, Remender, Morrison. Um, oh, geez. This is, this is, this is tricky. Um, I'm going to go with Hickman. Damn it. It's a Sean's list. Um, and Wade. Mark Wade. I'm going to throw Mark Wade on there. One of the most wow. consistent writers mm. in modern comics. Mark Wade is a great hand, that's for sure. Um, I will say, so I thought about this in terms of how these creators affect me, right? Uh, John Jeff Johns, and this is not in order, but Jeff Jeff Johns speaks to my heart because all his stories are full of heart. Um, Grant Morrison speaks to my soul. Uh, <laughs> Go I, ahead. I, I want to say, who's, who's, where are you going with this? Who's speaking to your dick, Sean? <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! He's getting all parts to the of mic. the body here. Not all parts of the body. Jesus Christ. Um, Rick Remender speaks to, well, Jonathan Hickman speaks to my mind. Uh, John, everything that Jonathan Hickman is uh, ever does, it just li lights me up. And then Rick Remender, shit, I, he he's just the best <laughs> because the concepts that he plays with are things that I really think about, um, and that's what I love so much about about Rick's work. Um, and Grant, did I say Grant? Yeah, that was Soul. That was Soul. Yeah. 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 I I think of um, Hickman and Remender as ego versus id a bit. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Um, so yeah, that was fast. Amon Perez says Jeff Johns, Morrison, Rucka, and Hickman. Rucka. Brandon, Brandon Barnett says uh Miller, Millar, Claremont, and Moore. Great law firm, by the way. Miller and Miller. <laughs> Miller Miller, Miller, <laughs> Claremont and Moore. Yeah. You have, you suffer from mesothelioma. <laughs> If you or a loved one was injured at Camp Lejeune, call Miller, Miller, Claremont, and Moore. I will fight for you. Yes. Italiano Jones. That's for Tyler. <laughs> um, I would love to see, I would love to see what those, well, I guess in my case, my four would come up with for a story. Together? Like, yeah. We got these sub stacks now. We got writer team ups, creator team ups that Hickman's doing over on the Three Worlds, Three Moons thing. I'd love to see that. You ever read 52, Sean? No, dude. I, I have the omnibus. I have the entirety of it, and I've never finished Me it. Me too. But like, it's written by Jeff Johns, Grant Morris, and Greg Rucka, Mark Wade, and Keith Giffen. Like, that yes. is a. I think the last time something was like that was uh, Batman Eternal. That was like Tinian Snyder and stuff. Um, yeah. Tinian Snyder. And yeah. Stuff. Oh, uh, watch out yeah i gotta be careful um but man like i'm just looking at the list of the main characters in that and it is like b-level characters and i love it i got i mean oh, i gotta read this it was it was a wild time although joe bennett on art yeah the art goes in and out for sure yeah i gotta get around to that at some point animal strange animal strange animal strange and animal man are big characters in it yeah, yeah. 
Because it's it's post infinite. It's right yeah. after Infinite Crisis, where Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman were off the table. True. True. Uh, Matt in the chat says Ch- Chaken, Miller, Bendis, and Terry Moore. Chaken, that is a wow. good pick. It's a choice. I am very surprised to see Bendis on that list, not because I don't think Bendis deserves it, but because it's Matt, and I didn't know Matt had such a, a love for Bendis. That's awesome. Dude, he has his, his core in comics is the same as you and me, except it just turned horny. <laughs> Atomic Hound uh, has uh, Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, Pete Tomasi, and Gail Simone. Okay. I'm assuming that, was, that, that meant Gail Simone. But, um, yeah, that's awesome. I, lo- I love seeing you guys give your list for this type of stuff. And uh, it's funny to see the names that are consistent across the list. Mm. Um, all right. That's exciting. Let's talk about something that is absolutely not exciting at all. Oh, we've already talked about that. Let's Did do it again. All this- oh, okay. Because Madam Webb got a trailer. This week, the film, Madam Web, the film got a trailer this week. I watched it. I think everybody watched. I think the whole Internet watched it. I watched it while I was working. I had to watch it. I've watched it multiple times. Oh, you nasty. I um, look. Sony has had some wild ass ideas. And I'm one of the people who enjoyed and enjoys the behind-the-scenes aspects of Sony and the Sony hacks that happened many, many years ago, like a decade ago or whatever, um, gave us so much information about Sony and what they're doing and stuff like that. And Amy Pascal, who is a producer, a high-level Hollywood producer, produced, I'm pretty sure, every single Spider-Man movie that we've ever had and has a lot to say about Spider-Man and a lot of say with Spider-Man on film has wanted a girl power movie since day one. She tried to make silk silver and black Mm. silver, silver sable black cat movie that went nowhere. And now we're getting Madam Web, which has not every, but a lot of, different spider women or women who might not have been called spider women spider woman but are essentially that um it has like several of them all in the same movie they're all debuting right now and it's got ezekiel in it from the jms run on spider-man looking like a brand spanking new character that never existed before Okay, I know this is a bit with the show, but, like, Ezekiel needs to have his feet out. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) He did. In the part where he put his way, where his feet were at. Oh, you mean Um, when he was... On the train. You mean when he was in the Amazon with my mom researching spiders before, right before she died or something like that? No, I understand the bit. It's not funny when you say it out loud. Um, (laughs) Damn. No, on the train, he's barefoot. (laughs) Is he? Yeah. Oh, Kale was looking at the feet, not me. That's That's a new one. I, listen, I've never denied. Nobody gives me shit about it. <laughs> this this trailer did literally nothing for me. Uh, I'm not sure who this movie's for. I think 
I, I guess it's for Tyler, and I'm sure he will speak to it. This is this is El Muerto levels. This is Silver and Black levels. This is Morbius levels. I cannot understand why this has to exist. A Spider Woman movie? Yes, absolutely. One Spider Woman. You know, get the ball rolling. And but any is, of them, frankly. Yeah, yeah, whoever. <laughs> this is overkill. This looks like a 2000s um, Sony movie. Which, frankly, yeah. all their all their superhero movies look like two thousand Sony movies. But that is why I'm excited for it. This movie feels like a time machine to like, like this. This movie feels like it would have had a trailer right before Twilight Two. Right. Um, and there's something I don't I don't know what it <laughs> is. There's something almost Frank. charming about that. Frankly, Twilight 2 might be too modern of a reference. True, yeah. I had just seen – okay, and it, it also could be possibly that that I had just seen Twilight for the first time like two weeks ago. Um, and it was a mind-boggling film-watching experience for me. It's like, oh, yeah. this is what lit the world on fire? This is a horribly made movie. Um, but it was watchable, if that makes sense. Like I don't think every movie needs to be – Endgame, I don't think every movie needs to be Killers of the Flower Moon. I think there is enjoyment to be had with bad, shitty B-movies. And this feels like one of them. And it's got a good cast, and I'm kind of here for it. Lumbo says, Sony holding it down in the jank department. Hell yeah. I love jank. I'm a big fan of jank. I just, like, Venom 1 was very fun to me. And it's a jank movie. It's not, I don't think it's like a good movie. I had fun. I think Sony got really lucky with that one. And I know yeah. how that sounds, but like, look at the second one. It's not even in the same stratosphere. And the first one wasn't like very good. It wasn't great. The second one somehow manages to be real bad. And Mor Morbius was real bad. Uh, I don't think that there's magic to Sony's films. And that's what I think. Like, Tyler, you're right. There can be fun had in a movie that's like a little shitty, but it has it has heart and it's kind of, it's goofy. I don't feel like this is that. I just don't. And if it is for you, that's great. Venom was as close as they're ever going to get to success with that kind of movie for me. And I'm done. I'm done. But, but I do love Spider Woman, so I might have to see it. You about to get three of them? <laughs> we're we're doing them. We're doing a review on this, right? Oh no, no, man, come we're on. doing it, dude. Okay, it's got Emma Roberts in it, also playing Mary Parker, allegedly, Sick. and Adam Scott is Ben Parker. He's Uncle Ben in this. Is that allegedly? Man, what? Who? What? That's what IMDb is saying right now. That Adam Scott is playing the guy in the ambulance is is Uncle Ben. And so who it's a is? It's a prequel. Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. Yeah. Of, oh, uh, those ages don't match up at all. That's not. Ooh, good. That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is the worst thing I've ever heard. What oh so what if this is a prequel and the whole idea is that Ezekiel is trying to kill these spider totems 
And in doing well, so, he helps he, create the spider totem. Well, yeah, he's very clearly uh, Morlin. Right. I don't know why they didn't just go with Morlin. Yeah, but okay. I saw, I don't even remember where I saw this. Someone mentioned somewhere uh, that their mission, Madam Web's mission and the other Spider-Women, their mission was to make sure that Spider-Man is born. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm ready. I want to, I want to, I, I, I want to move on. I can't, I cannot believe what I just heard. That That is so bad. Wow. Yeah, I no, we're not doing a review of this movie, Tyler. I, right. I can't review Madam Web review with Marco and Tyler coming soon. <laughs> How do you know that Marco's gonna be down for that shit? Dude, Marco's, Marco's down for pervert. anything. Yeah, Marco's down for anything if you convince him enough. That is true. Yeah. That is true. You're right. Hang on, let me get that clean. Marco's a pervert. Okay. Should we, should we clip that? <laughs> is that his birthday gift? That'll be his new ringtone. <laughs> Let's get him a Build-A-Bear with that soundbite in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. All right. Look, let's move away from the movie stuff. I just can't talk about these movies anymore. Um, Let's talk comics. Let's talk X-Men and Ultimates at the same time because we need answers for both of those, uh, th- both of those spaces. So Marvel is putting out as you know, as any company, any comic book publishing company will be, is putting up uh, a free comic book day books. And one of them teases the uh, Blood Hunt event that we are getting, which is uh, the, the Avengers horror vampire thing that they're doing for some reason, not in October. Um, and so we're getting that. And in that book, so that's written by the free comic book day edition of that is written by Jed McKay and Gail Simone with art by Sarah Pacelli and David Marquez, who's back at Marvel, which is awesome. Um, Why is Gail Simone credited on this? Well, there's another story in this. And in that story, Jubilee of the X-Men is doing something. We don't know what. But the solicit says, and then get a glimpse of the future of mutant kind as Jubilee learns that you cannot go home again. That has led the internet to believe that Gail Simone is writing the X-Men. Do you believe that? Nah. Oh. Um, I don't think so. I think... If that was the case, that would be the headliner of this. I think this is just going to be a fun backup that maybe will help tie into thematically what X-Men 97 is going to be doing, because that's going to be coming out next year as well. Um, so bring back Jubilee as a POV character, because the you know the cartoon will be probably continuing that. Um, and I also don't think Gail Simone... Um, not that she's, she's not a big enough name. I just don't think that's her realm anymore. I think she could be doing a team book. She did Domino, which was essentially a team book, which also was very good. Um, I just think if we get an announcement that uh, Jubilee is a new ongoing or mini with ever, whatever new line of X-Men books and Gail Simone's writing it, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, I just don't think they would be revealing the new status quo of the X-Men in a backup. It's not exactly a backup, though. These free sure. comic book day things always tease the future, and the writers and artists of these tend to be the same creative teams that we will see working together on the project that they're doing a story about. I don't say backup uh, as as much as I say not the story that is on the cover. Because the well, blood has the ahead. cover. So I don't know why that would matter. I don't, why would that matter? If, if Marvel is not in a position where they're ready to start the new X-Men stuff, um, then I think it makes perfect sense to tease it in Free Comic Book Day. And Marvel's not ready to tell us necessarily that Gail Simone is doing this or that Dennis Camp is doing Ultimates, but solicits have to come out. So by the time this comes out, we'd have June solicits at that point. And then based on the timing of the lengths of fall, fall of House of X, wherever the hell, the end of the Krakone era, June seems like the right time for the new launch to happen. Am I, am I right? I think we've talked about that when that was first announced. We tried to time it. Something like that. Yeah. So we'd already know at this point. Um, yeah, Almond Perez, last free comic book day had Ultimate Invasion as a backup. Yeah, and that was yeah. the, the quite literally the opening pages, uncolored, I think, or something like that. Um, There's precedent. Yeah, I mean, I still don't see it. Um, mostly because I don't think it lights anyone ablaze. No offense to Gail Simone. I, I think I still do th think she does amazing work. It's just I think it would be more there would be more pop and circumstance to revealing that, in my opinion. But who's to say we won't be getting it by the time this comes out? So, well. The other, the other free comic book day book is uh, Spider-Man and the Ultimate Universe, number one. And the Spider-Man part is by Zeb Wells with art by Ryan Stegman. And presumably the Ultimate the ultimate Universe part is Dennis Camp and Juan Fregari. Is Dennis Camp the writer of the Ultimates? Well, in this case, we don't know if there's an Ultimates book coming out. I mean, we can assume based on this and the fact that there's a story that needs to be told in an Ultimate Universe. Um, I'm cool with this. Why? Zeb Wells is doing the Spider-Man book, the Ultimate Spider-Man book, or just this one? Oh, no, 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 sorry. Spider-Man and the Ultimate Universe, but they're separate. Like, it's 616 Spider-Man. Zeb Wells is writing whatever about that in Free Comic Book Day. And oh, also... I see, I see, yeah. I see, I see. Yeah, it threw me off on the cover. I'm like, didn't we see Green Goblin in the Ultimate Universe and he was like the new Goblin? And it's like, oh, this yeah. is classic Green Goblin. And then as Sean described that, that makes sense to me. Dennis Camp is great. Dennis Camp reminds me of like, there's a weight to the stories that he tells and reminds me of a remender, not in terms of the quality, I'm just saying like the weight of the stories. Um... And I think Dennis Camp is going to be a name that rings out in the next few years. Is this the person to do the ultimates and sell, you know, however many copies? His name is not going to help sell the book. But if he's the writer, I think it will be very good. 
I think his ultimate line is 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 very based on um the launch of it with Hickman and everything and everyone else on the other books. I think they can start letting other people kind of cut their teeth on the universe. Um because as as you launch with these big name creators, I think the characters and the concept can then start selling itself, if that makes sense. That's the hope. Yeah. That that would be the hope. And I think Good for Marvel if this is true because they need to try to cultivate the next generation of superstar creators. They have he, to. He did Bloodshot, right? When we were... He yeah. did the Bloodshot. He's doing Children of the Vault right now, um, I think, and uh, something else. I can't remember. But um, everything he's done that I have heard of or read has had a lot of praise to it. So clearly people think highly of, of Cam. Either way, though, I think we'll get our answers pretty soon as to confirmation about both of these. Uh, if Gail Simone was the writer on X-Men, which I, I believe this is a soft confirmation, but if that is the case, that is completely shocking. Completely shocking to me. And I guess we'll we'll talk more about that if and when that announcement is made, but that's yeah. a real surprise. I have to sit on that for a bit because my, my gut reaction to that isn't like, ugh. It's like, huh. Right. It's it's because I traditionally love Gail Simone's work, um, and she's traditionally worked well in the X Men universe. Uh, but just her her and Marvel, it's like oh Deadpool, Domino. Do I want that for my main X Men books? I don't know. Hmm. Fits yeah. for Jubilee though. That's for sure. Yeah, I I I'm I'm willing to give anything a chance at this point because Marvel needs a shot in the arm. Maybe Gail Simone is that shot. I don't know. But, you know, I think I think someone said it on the Discord. might have been uh, Matt that uh, hitching your wagon to a writer whose popularity was at its peak 20 years ago is probably not the best decision. And I think I would agree with that if we were talking about pretty much anybody. Like, like even if even if you said, oh, Bendis is coming back to spearhead this or that. Nah. Nah, not now. Not anymore. I don't want to hear about Bendis coming ever again. Oh. What? There's a DC thing. Bendis is coming, remember? Bendis comes again. <laughs> All right. Let's shift over to the DC side of things. Not to announce Bendis coming again, but to announce the Batman. Bat-Man. First night. Oh, Dracula. Uh, this is going to be a black label book, which I feel like we haven't had an announcement of a black label book in a little while. Um, uh, you were going to say, I feel like we haven't gotten a black label Batman book. Oh, no, no, never. Never. We've never seen the bat dick in comics before. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Um, bat dick? Yes. So... This is, uh, like I said, a three-issue series from Black Label um, that's going to showcase the early days of Bruce Wayne, Batman. Um, so it's going to be like looking at that old stuff through a modern lens, which I think is kind of interesting. I And, and then I think this, this Bat-Man also exists in the multiverse of DC. Um, cause didn't he show up in, in, um, 
in, not incursion. What was the uh, the big event? Convergence. Convergence. Yeah, he showed up in Convergence, so he he exists in this multiverse. Um, I don't know, man. It's an interesting choice. I'm tired of Batman Black Label. But then you show me yeah. some of these covers, and I'm like, hold on now. <laughs> and I think the concept is interesting. So uh, here's what we know. In the Batman First Night, the year is 1939. The world, still reeling from the horrors of the First World War, is on the brink of tipping into an even more gruesome conflict as fascism is on the march and gathering strength in America's darkest corners. Against this backdrop, a series of violent murders has begun in Gotham, and the recent emergence of the mysterious vigilante known as the Batman has the power brokers of this city living in fear of institutional collapse. All of the evidence in the murder investigation defies logic. The perpetrators are all men who died in the electric chair. But when the Batman comes face to face with one of these sickening anomalies, he barely escapes with his life, throwing into question his ability to, to survive in a world that is brutally evolving around him. Okay. Sounds all right. Like, honestly, you take away the Batman of it all, and it sounds like an interesting noir book. A pulp, yeah. Pulp yeah, like a pulp novel. You know? Yeah. And you don't think the, it's yeah. I was gonna say some of the Mike Perkins art is like swamp thing levels. See, now the the art is actually sort of what put me off on this a little bit because it looked to it looked a lot like that um was it the twelve that came out from Straczynski and yeah. Chris yeah. Weston? I think so. I love that book. It's a great book. Yeah. But it feels like uh, a lot of books look just like this. Mm. Um, JSA, The Golden Age, uh, that uh, Hound and I talk about all the time, has art that's incredibly similar to this. Um, and it just like, it evokes something to me that um, just is grimy and yucky and I'm not, it doesn't appeal to me. Do you think know. this... This is a, uh, this is uh, Sean Phillips's uh, lasting mark on the comics industry going forward. It's like, hey, if you have a noiry, pulpy story, it's got to be realistic looking art, like Sean Phillips. The uh, at least JSA it's before predates, time, yeah. yeah, Phillips. So, not holy. dude. I'm looking at this art. <laughs> this shit is good. Mike Perkins is the man. I I love Mike Perkins. Um, shoot, I forgot we had Mike Perkins on the show. Yeah, you and I Mike did. Perkins. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Um, one of the few times we've actually interviewed an artist on the show too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I think this looks great. I don't care that it's black label, really. Like that that name doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Um, I am interested in the concept enough to buy the first issue so we'll yeah. probably be reviewing that you know what looking at it uh, i take it all back <laughs> dude the, the, I think the hat it, is so goofy the hood the the ears hell yeah, purple gloves. yeah. i think it, i think it does look like what i described but like i don't know fuck perkins fucking works it like <laughs> good, yeah it's just good which is which is funny because i was not a mike perkins guy years ago um like when he was doing like I think Carnage and stuff like that, it felt very muddy for me. And like something's changed in his art. 
Um, yeah, we we talked at the time about how there was a definitely a Mike Perkins like level up. There was a glow up that happened, hmm. and and part of it was his excitement level about the work he was getting to do. I think at Marvel, Perkins had done it all already, and I don't think he was that enthused. And now he's getting to draw cool Batman stuff and Swamp Thing. Do we know who's coloring this, Sean? Is that in the? Uh, unfortunately, I do not okay. have that information. So we don't know uh, if it's I double mics again with Mike Spicer. Oh, yes, Mike Spicer. Yep. Yep. Oh, he's coloring this too? Yeah, it is Mike Spicer. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, yeah. Color me color me uh ready for this. That's that's a good combo. And you can tell, quite frankly, like Mike Spicer's coloring style is so distinct. And and I've seen so much of it now that like when you look at the page that's up on the screen, if you just look at those, like even just the reds, you see how like you know, Batman is is putting his uh his hood on, and behind him is that red on the left. That that type of coloring is a Mike Spicer staple. Go read Swamp Thing; it looks just like that. It's funny as as you read more comics, I'm, I'm I get much more uh, focused on colorist, and I can pick them out. Like I can tell you when Mike Spicer colors something. I can tell you when Frank Martin colors something, or like a, a Tamara Bonvillon. Like I think I think. You know, not to discredit anyone else at all, but I think uh, Jordi Belair on the image boom and the all-new Marvel stuff that happened around the same time, I think she really got people to pay attention to colorists. Mm. Agreed. Yep. And then she left the internet. Good for her. All right. So we'll get this in March. Uh, I think I think this is going to be something that people will really enjoy. Because the the quality of the team is is definitely there. Um, I would I would love this to kick off another first wave type thing. I was gonna bring that up, but I was like, eh, I loved first wave, yeah. and this definitely made me think a lot about first wave. Yeah, like you you want Batman delete it? Fine, make him a pulp character. Like really lean into it. I'm not sure why that didn't work. Who was the other guy? Bat- it was like Doc who? Batman wasn't on it. Samson. Doc Samson, yeah. No, that's not right. No, no, that's They Marvel. had, um, it was, uh, oh my God, I can't remember who was uh, in that. It was so d- cool. Like a crew cut. Oh. Class, yeah, he's a classic pulp. Kill me. What is it? <laughs> we won't do that. Doc. Doc Hammer? Savage in the spirit were in it. Savage. There you go. There you go. Oh, come on. Kill me. Okay. Oh. Man. All right. Let's talk about sweater weather. It's cold. Although yesterday was actually not that cold, but it is cold. It's going to get colder. And, you know, this is the time when you typically would bundle up and get, you know, get your sweaters out, get your jackets out, your boots out. Well, DC has a different idea of what sweater weather looks like. And instead of putting clothes on, DC's characters are taking their clothes off. In February, uh, for these these sweater weather variants in which DC's men and women are bearing almost all. And normally, this is not something that we would really need to talk about on the show. Uh, The covers are great. This is for the horniest of fans of comics, and I will be buying a lot of these. Um, but the reason why I wanted to talk about this today 
is because I want you guys to think about when the last time was that you saw anything remotely close to cheesecake of this nature in a DC comic book. Anybody got an answer? Didn't they just do a swim swimsuit? Yeah, Gnort's swimsuit that, not special. The yeah, the Gnort swimsuit one. Gnort, is that how you pronounce it? Or Nort? No, they or... did a whole set of swimsuit covers not that long ago. Yeah, during the summer. Marco bought one of them, and he was proud to show it off. Okay, prior to that. So prior to this year, this calendar year, uh, and, and books that came out this year, uh, maybe they were solicited previous year. Uh, yeah, DC's gotten a lot more horny. I'm angling. So in my mind, the last time I recall something so objectively cheesecake is when we saw Batman's dick in Batman Damned. And he was sculpted and we saw penis. Now, Pamela Lifford, who just left DC, from what I have read, was the person who put the edict in to not only, you know, obscure the 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 the, the batwang in future uh printings but also to put the kibosh on cheesecake in dc comics and what i'm saying is that now that she's gone maybe that's why we're seeing this stuff again when did she leave uh she left a few the announcement was made a few weeks ago if i recall okay. correctly like maybe a couple of months ago Okay, I. Hmm. I'm wondering though when her influence ended. Uh, ended. Yeah. Is it is it that or is it this a sign of the variance being a problem still, or is it both? Um, is it like because I assume these will be cardstock? Do they announce? It's, these are probably gonna be the cardstock ones. Oh, uh, they look pretty cardstock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can't spell cardstock without cock. So. Wow. <laughs> it, it, see, I don't have a problem. Harry Roma, welcome. I haven't seen that name before, so thank you for joining us. That's came in at the best part. Um, I don't have a problem with this kind of cover from a content standpoint or, frankly, a price standpoint. The reason I feel that way is because you're, you're, you're clearly you are getting something that is different than what you would normally get out of a DC cover. You're buying this definitely not for the content inside. And to me, that's not the same thing as, you know, getting Frank Miller or whoever to do a one out of 100 or a one out of 50 or whatever like that. These are, I'm assuming, going to be mass market variants that anyone can get that are just kind of fun. And I'm into that. Yeah, I like the uh, the um, the movie poster ones too. Came out those. Yeah, I bought a lot a of those a while ago. Now the uh, the Batgirl uh, Purple Rain cover. Yeah, yeah, I one. have that one. Yeah, I'm cool I'll with be them being, Yeah, I'm cool with them being a little more horny. That's fine. Yeah. Hey, everybody gets to be so horny for Nightwing. Let's spread it around. Dude, dude, Nightwing's on half of these covers. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, uh, somebody probably top laid put it in the chat earlier. That uh, that new picture of um, 
I think it's a new, yeah, it's a new Blue Beetle cover. Uh, you seen the cake on Blue Beetle? I haven't, but Amin Perez wants to see Dark Side double cheeked up. Listen, yeah, hell yeah, I'm positive. I'm positive that Dark Side has what it takes. But do I need to see it? Yes. God no. Oh no. No, he's take got that those... little miniskirt on. I want to see what's in that miniskirt. <laughs> I was gonna say, take those trunks and reveal the thong inside. The oh, uh, the God. Kevin. So it's cool to see Kevin Wada again. Um, Kevin Wada doing this uh, yeah. this this twinked up Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle cover. I I oh yeah 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 that's that's crazy. Oh, <laughs> a name we Sorry. haven't seen in a long time. I was distracted by uh, Big Barda. I saved that for last. Yeah, which actually I have I have an issue with the Big Barda one. What's so, your like, issue? I don't like okay so i think this is all fine and dandy and i think that this is this is fun stuff but something about sexualizing cassandra kane uh doesn't sit right with me is it because she looks like selena kyle well it's that and yeah it's adam hughes adam hughes's uh cassandra kane just looks like everyone else um but uh like it just like in terms of the storyline of that character it feels wrong but again, it's also a variant who freaking gives a shit, you know? Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. So, yeah, it's also a, a character that runs around in a skin-tight leather outfit. like. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, last but not least, in terms of the news, we've still got a draft to do. And we hit our light goal, so we will absolutely be doing it. It's going to be fun. Um, the last thing we're going to talk about is... Joker year one. So Chip Zdarsky has been, you know, doing some pretty good stuff on Batman. And in issues 142 to 144, which are going to ship weekly, we are getting the Joker year one story, a a story, a three-part story that is going to reveal... I guess the origin of the Joker. Um, of course, the name apes Batman year one. Um, we're going to see Giuseppe Camuncoli, Stefano Nessi, and Andrea Sorrentino, Alejandro Sanchez, and Dave Stewart. Those are the creators that are going to work with Chip on Joker year one. Uh, so uh with it, within each issue of the Joker Year One, artist Andrea Sorrentino and Dave Stewart illustrate a story juxtaposed to show the far-reaching impact the Joker will have on Batman. Three issues, three Jokers. We know Batman is, of course, going to war with the Joker Jokers right now. Um how do you guys feel about this? I'm I'm on the ride for Chip. So that's fine. I'm still not interested in the Joker. Like this will have to say something pretty revolutionary to get me to be interested in it. The the idea of Chip Zdarsky's Joker, like those three words together is like, oh, yeah, I'd be interested in that. Um, and then doing in this year one format because Batman year one was three issues as well, like in the Batman ongoing. Um, mm. So there's a kind of a, 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 a homage there, I guess. 
Um, could be good. I I wouldn't say I'm jokered out. I'm jokered out when the Joker's used poorly. Like I thought the Night Terror's Joker was like pretty rough. Um, but if you're gonna tell a good story, tell it. You know, with whoever. I don't really care. Um, my problem though with this is the origin aspect. I don't want. I don't care to know the Joker's origin. I just don't, and I don't think that the answer is ever going to be more interesting than the question. It's just not. I, I also yeah. feel like Chip Starsky, though, is a guy that understands that. You know? Like, I, like I, I feel like he won't be actually answering the question. Um, or if anything, he just adds more questions to it all. Like, I have enough faith in Chip in what Chip's done in the past to, to feel like he un- – he would at least understand that like part of the reason why the Joker is so good is the mystery behind him. Yeah, absolutely. But that being said, you know, other writers have made the decision to explore the Joker's origin that are also, you know, very talented. So it's not beyond probably most writers to want to do that. And while I don't know exactly how this is going to, you know, go, um, even the idea of a Joker year one is just something that I couldn't, I just can't get up for. The Joker versus Batman is something that will excite me, of course, from especially from these creators. But I just really hope that it doesn't get into, um, it's gonna get rebooted anyway. Like it's it's gonna get retconned. Whatever origin they put on him is always going to change later. Just don't even bother. I hope I hope you're right. I hope this is not that. Uh, yeah, MP in the chat says if Zeranad does kill Joker in Mind Bomb, then going back to the beginning of his career seems fitting. Yeah, there's a degree of that. I can I can say that. I I can say I agree with that. Um, that doesn't mean I'm uh, gonna be interested in it. <laughs> They're gonna yeah, like I said, like this is gonna be something that maybe I'll come back to. Checking it out in the library, you know, to see if Chip said anything special. You'll you'll uh, you'll be uh, talking about it right here. Well, not here, but on Pal's Pals. Hey, you know what the fuck I will. Oh, we're gonna review. We're gonna yeah, review all was... three of these bad boys. That's, that Every week. Oops, I'm sick. I broke my legs. Try doing that backflip, I guess, huh? You can still you can still podcast <laughs> with broken legs. Oh shit. You got the Roderick Strong neck brace on. If I had broken legs, I all I would do is podcast. What 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 else am I good for? Can't do shit else. Uh, Alexander Bruno says I had confidence in Chip until Batman did a free fall from space and Kevlar plating made for bullets and knives. <laughs> I get it. I That's get a it. Batman thing, though. Let's be real. He'll figure yeah. it out. Comic Boom says Gotham War made me lose face with Zdarsky, unless it was editorially forced on him. I don't know that it was, but I think, like in, I think it was his latest newsletter. Zdarsky said that um, uh, he wanted to team up with Teeny, 
unfortunately, I think it was Teeny that sort of dragged down the event. The rumor that I had read was that DC wanted a bat, some kind of a Batman event, and Sadarsky had to come up with something. Um, and I guess you know maybe he was like, "Oh, I want to work with Teeny, so we'll do, you know, we'll loop it in or whatever." But when you read Gotham War, at least to me, it reads like something that didn't wasn't always a part of the plan. I think that where it ends was always the plan. But I don't think that, that Gotham War had to happen to get to that. And it reads like that to me, especially once Vandal Savage gets involved. And so I give Chip grace on this because I thought that the Chip parts were pretty strong. And Batman has been great otherwise. So that's just how I come down on it. But I get that everybody uh, everybody has a different uh, barometer for these things. Um. <laughs> Amen. If Chip messes up the Zurinar plot, it's done. This needs to land. Yes. And it will. I think it will. Chip's great. I'm not yeah. even, I'm not worried. I did want to ask you guys, though, how do you feel about the fact that this will, in some way, shape, or form, follow up on the Three Jokers idea? Now, it's pretty clearly not a follow up to the Three Jokers book that uh, Jeff Johns did with Jason Fabok, but. It is addressing in some way the fact that there are three jokers. How do you feel? My my gut reaction is why? <laughs> like I thought that seemed to be mm. such a Jeff Johns idea. Why does somebody else want to try and do something with it? But then I think about it longer. I'm like, well then if you're really gonna wanna do something with it, you probably have something to say. So um, like I, I don't think it's something somebody that either gets mandated to to bring up again because I'm sure plenty of people will be like oh, we, we could just forget that. Um, so then it it means that oh then Chip maybe has something here and there might be teeth here. So um, again, it's a thing where it's like I have faith in Chip. So I'm weighing on it because I want that to be dealt with. I don't love it. I, I was intri- I was intrigued by the promise of it. It took so long to follow up on that by the time they did, and I like Three Jokers. I know that I'm in the minority, but by the time they did, it was like, do we need this? But then the fact yeah. that it's not in continuity and now like, all right, Chip's going to deal with it. It's like, just kill it then. Like, do this big story and then no more. If Johns and Fabok want to continue what they did, that's cool because it's not in continuity. But in continuity DC, I strongly feel there should only be one Joker. I don't think having three is that doesn't have the legs I think that they would like it to have. It also tries to explain more, you know, and that's something you just shouldn't do with the Joker. You know, same same as with his origin. You know, it just yeah. it's another thing that explains who the Joker is and why the Joker is right. But you know, uh, uh, I think I think it was Amin in the chat said uh, he's a force of nature. Yes, he's not a guy. The Joker shouldn't should not be treated this way. Then you have like the Red Hood stuff, and that kind of stuck as like a possible origin story. I think all of these things being like, oh, these are this is possibly how it happened. Um, it kind of being a choose your own adventure with however the Joker decides he wants to talk about his origin. 
you're right. They're like, I don't know, man. I don't know. The whole Joker thing, there is an established idea of the Joker's origin. But I don't care. I just don't care. I don't want to think about it. I want him to be a sick, disgusting, vile thing that reminds everybody the depths of how bad humanity can be. Like the worst possible outcome of a human being is the Joker. And I don't want anything else in my mind but that. You want to bask in the depravity of what the human soul can become. I don't want to bask in it. I don't want to be horrified by yeah. it. It's like me when I watched this right when I got divorced. I watched The Joker. It's great. <laughs> the movie changed your life. Uh, yeah. MP writing his thesis statement on um, on Chip Zdarsky's Batman run in the chat. I love every word of it. Um, Zoranar gradually driving Batman insane and him becoming isolated was compelling. That's the most compelling part of Gotham War. You are right on the money as always, MP. 100%. Comic Boom asks, what makes you think that Three Jokers is not in continuity? Was that confirmed? So uh I don't think it can be. I don't think it I don't think it can be. Because if it is, then how is it that Batman is saying that there are three jokers and the book references the old the the issue of Justice League where that was where that was first like announced? And it doesn't reference the follow-up where they dealt with that story. And they dealt with the fact that there were three Jokers. I always, I always felt like three Jokers fell, fell off the same world that Doomsday Clock did, where it's like, it's an expansion of our current continuity, but it's a little too far out in the future where it feels out of continuity, if that makes sense. Well, there are things that have happened that confirm Doomsday, Doomsday Clock being a thing that happened in D.C. Whether or not it's relevant anymore is a different matter, but it, it did happen, right? There is no evidence, to my knowledge, of Three Jokers, the book, being a thing that happened. No no other series has ever referenced it, and they're working around it in this case. So I think MP is actually right on the money. Uh, Zdarsky's run keeps referencing Justice League 50, which is where Batman is in the, the Metron's chair and finds that out. Um, but not three Jokers because three Jokers, Alfred's alive, but he's already dead in the main canon at that point. So yeah. So Just, the concept yeah. is main continuity, but three Jokers isn't. Just for uh, I don't know to get this out there, uh, on the Wikipedia entry for three Jokers, uh, under the canonicity section, Jeff Johns says at. DC Fandom in September of 2020 that he felt the story is in continuity. He felt uh, he felt the story was in continuity. He also debunked a theory that claimed the three Jokers were from different realities. In the same month, Fabok said that the canonicity of the series was subject to interpretation. Quote, I'm not a continuity hound personally. I just want a good story. All my favorite stories are out of continuity, so that appeals to me more. If this was in continuity, we would have had our hands tied and forced to do certain things. To that I say, you're also working with superstar Jeff Johns. Yeah, I I, I can't see how that, how that story could be in continuity at this point. And I'm sure Jeff would love that. I'm sure all creators would love their stuff to stay in continuity, but we have seen this before. 
You know, Grant Morrison's work was erased from the X-Men uh, 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 stories. Yeah, they happened, but what everything that Grant did was undone. Well, and eventually every creator stuff gets undone, you sure. know, sure. with the exception of the first ones. What were the most lasting effects of Morrison's X-Men run? Uh, Zorn and uh, uh, Cyclops and Emma? Two two mutations. Cyclops and Emma and two mutations. I don't feel oh, like true, true, Zorn, true. They, they really shredded that whole thing up, like, immediately. Um, But yeah. Anyway, in February, we will be dissecting this whole Joker year one thing week over week. So, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, I'm actually excited, especially this conversation got me excited. Dude, the art, Kamikoli and Sorrentino, very different yeah. artists, but I do mm. like both of those in, in their in their own realm. And they're creepy artists for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, Sorrentino will be good for sure. You know what else is going to be good? The draft. Whoa. Yes. It said nobody during World War II. Right. Uh, no one. Uh, well, hold on. <laughs> th- there's no. Uh, yeah, there's no compulsory uh, war drafting going on. We're just going to draft some characters. You know, we're going to have a, a fun time drafting characters who are gender swapped. This is the gender swap draft. Now, I want to be very particular about how this how we express this. Mm. I don't think that Jane Foster is a gender swap of Thor because Jane Foster already existed, right? And a gender swap would be Thor, right? The Thor we know just becomes a woman. That is not the same thing as Jane Foster being Thor because in this case, Thor is presented as a mantle. Uh, X-23 is not a gender swap of Wolverine. X-23 is a character who at some point calls herself Wolverine. So I am not saying that I think the gender swap thing is true. This is supposed to be funny. So with that being said, the what applies here, you don't you agree with that, us work. You go make us work. No, 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 no! I'm, all those characters are 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 on board. Those are in play. I'm saying that the gender swap I name see. is I a. See. I'm not serious about that, right? But we are going to draft characters like Thor, uh, Mighty F- Thor, Jane Foster, X twenty three Wolverine. You were saying this is not a review, uh, a, a view of my political stance in comics. Yes, okay. yes, yeah. yes, yes. That was a, okay. a a poor way of expressing that. Okay, so Jane Foster would count. For the sake of the draft. Yes. Okay, good. Because yes. my brain okay. started hurting right. as soon as you yeah. caveat. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm my like God. oh, no. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, but you guys know the rules. Uh, We're going to do a snake draft. I think we can do, between the three of us, what, four or five? I could probably do like five, yeah, with, with that yeah. caveat. Let's gone. Do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do five. Um, And who wins the draft? Well, that's up to you, dear <laughs> listener. I'm kind of curious Probably. how many male characters we come come up with. Zero point zero. <laughs> yeah, we better. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start by rolling for Tyler. Here we go. That is a hot three. All right. Let's get two <laughs> twos and twos, I guess. Oh, we're playing golf rules this week. Yep. 
Dude, my dice were on fire last night. Um, just not for you. Uh, I'll roll for myself now. That is a 10. And now for Kale. That is a six. So uh, me, Kale, Tyler. No rollies. Okay. I am going to kick this off by drafting Supergirl. Ooh. Uh, I will do Spider Gwen. Hmm. Let me let me get a uh, let me get a Batwoman. All right, all right. And who else? Oh, I go twice. Um, just because I'm looking at it right now, give me Mighty Thor. Yeah, well, of course. I will go with the. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Kill's turn. Uh, Mary Marvel for me, please. Absolutely. She-Hulk. You go two, two times, Sean. Yeah, She-Hulk and... Uh, damn, is there some kind of woman flash? I don't know. Um... Uh, I I literally <laughs> I, I I have no idea. I don't think I've ever seen. One there before. are non-binary flashes out there as well. Oh no, that I knew about. Um, I will draft Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. Kale, you're up. I am sweating trying to think of a male character. I said steam is coming out of my ears. Uh, what number is this? Number three for me? Yeah. Uh, Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Ah. Give me Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers. Okay, I guess Captain Marvel when she's Captain Marvel. Uh, is but is that is that a? Well, I got yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Marvel. And Gina yeah. Spell before that. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and then my fourth coming up, right? Yes. Man, I had one and I lost it. Uh, okay, uh, a little bit, a bit of a... Does it have to be a hero? Uh, no. No? Okay. <laughs> I almost picked Modam. Uh, let me get the uh, so let me get from Zeb Wells's run of Spider Man the Goblin Queen. Sure, I'm going to draft Wolverine. It's Kale's turn. Oh, I'm sorry, Kale. Kale, you have a chance to do something really funny right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't wonder. <laughs> Um, dude, it's not gonna happen, Kale. It's gotta happen. It does. It no, no. Someone's gonna have to inform us after the fact about who that character would be. Because I, 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 I have it. Oh, okay. I still have it right now. <laughs> um. Uh. Jesse Quick. 
is that the is that the Flash? So no, she is uh the daughter of Golden Age hero Johnny Quick. Uh okay. Uh she was Liberty Bell for a while. Hmm. I think I've seen Liberty Bell before, but yeah. Well, I will now draft Wolverine. <laughs> um and for my last pick, damn, I had a good one and I lost it. Uh oh, oh, um uh uh, uh Green Lantern. Um Jessica Cruz. Not Cruz. Oh, Joe, Joe Mullen? Yeah. Joe M- M- Mullen, yeah. Man, I can't even think of any that are This is driving me insane. <laughs> I mean, there's Earth 11 at DC where you have like uh, like uh, Wonder Woman who's a man. Wonder, yeah, Wonder Man. But I don't think that, that feels, really counts. It, it feels cheap. Yeah, Morrison, that whole world he created, cheap. Well, um, I mean, for for the sake of this. KG Comics, the prompt is gender swap draft. And welcome. Uh, American Dream. The Lady Captain America. Wait yeah, a second. Yeah. That's the one from the uh, from the future, right? Aven- Aven- Avengers Next or whatever? No. Uh, she is from the Spider-Girl uh, future, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the one, the one with J2, right? Sorry, I was saying no to tyler yeah i I know you're you're right yeah 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 that's sick dude oh man what a great pick what was her name again american dream nice i love that i remember that character that was one of the first that was one of the first non like spider-man or or x-men comics that i ever read um i didn't know any better i didn't know that i shouldn't buy that but i bought it and i liked it but tom defalco is not bad like that stuff that stuff was good like it ran for a long time. Yeah, that was fun. Um that's it. I think yeah. I get one more I think. My fifth, right? 1 2 3. Yes, you do. Yes. Uh let me get ooh, I'm stuck between two right now. So I'm going to go with uh, power. You know what? Give me Miss Martian. Who is that? Is that a uh, Martian Manhunter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. So, uh, I got Supergirl, She-Hulk, Spider Woman, Wolverine, and Green Lantern. Uh, Tyler got Batwoman, the Mighty Thor, Captain Marvel, the Green, uh, the Green Goblin, the Goblin Queen, <laughs> and Miss Martian. And Kale got Spider Gwen, Mary Marvel, Kate Bishop, Jesse Quick. And American Dream. Now, dear listener, we need you to tell us who you feel won the draft. Um, you know, and again, the metric for winning is whatever you think it is. So, uh, we don't have uh, Marco here. Yeah, I don't know how to make a poll. I was looking. Yeah, um, I know how to do it. I just need to... uh, Focus on doing it. <laughs> Who won this draft and why it. was it, it me? I got it, guys. Oh, Tyler. Okay, cool. Okay. Sick. 
Yes. So thank you guys for uh, kicking it with us. Let me see some of those some of those drafts in the chat. Quilombo got Stephanie Brown, Robin, Doctor Fate, Enza Nelson, Flash, Avery Ho, and Dove Dawn Granger. Okay, so that is the Flash that I didn't know of. I've, I don't think I've ever seen that character. Duella Dent. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Oh, the Batwoman man. who laughs was an option in my head, but awful. Oh yeah, she's a recent one. Okay. Um, Iron Heart. That was a good one. It's a good one. Hawk Girl. Another one. I'm I'm begging somebody to come up with one that's female to male. I yeah. I wanted I wanted to try to feed. I was really I was racking my brain trying to figure out how I could get. Doctor Strange as like the gender swap version of uh his mentor. Whatever their name oh, is. Or the, the, the or one. um the ancient one, yes. Yeah. Or Clea. You know, when he comes back or whatever. Is there a Cleo? I guess you could have but, gotten Doctor Strange when Cleo was Doctor Strange, right? Would that count? But is that more of isn't, a mantle? Isn't that a gender swap in and of itself? Yeah, Cle- yeah, yeah, Clea would have been. That's yeah. why. That's why I felt like I couldn't justify it. Fair, fair. Yeah, that's like in, that's like a levels down. That's like a, the inception of of gender swaps. It's like where did it begin? Yeah. I was thinking of taking the the gender swap Howard the Duck that was in Zdarsky's run, but I forgot her name. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, does Polaris count? No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, she is quite literally her costume and power set is Magneto. Well, two people can have magnet powers. Like, yeah, I, I, it's his daughter. I don't, I don't know that that one doesn't feel. She feels like she's her own person, and she's not called, you know, Magneto. Not that that's a prerequisite, but I don't know. There is a Magneto though that just showed up in the most recent like uh, Magneto miniseries that's like set in the pre-continuity or whatever. Um, she's got like an orange Magneto costume. She's black too, I think. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? So do Magneto? I don't know if her name is Magneto, but it's pretty close. Genta? <laughs> Mag- 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 <laughs> <laughs> that is so weird, man. Oh my god, comics are crazy. Um real quick, I want to make sure that you guys know that. If you want to watch this show live, you can do that every single Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. on Thursdays for Pals Polls. If you want to support us, there are a lot of ways to do that. Likes help. Nice comments on the internet help, on social media. Leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to us would be fantastic for us. But, of course, patreon.com slash thecomicspals is the best way to support your boys and get some bang for your buck. Um, we appreciate everybody who joins us over on that side of things. And of course, channel memberships, uh, as well. We really, really appreciate, um, you guys have been great. It's been a great, a great time with the, with the chat. Oh, oh yeah. I wasn't, um, specifically trying to praise you in that moment, Kel, but you've been great. Weird, weird way to, um, figure out. I have a praise kink. <laughs> Listen, that, don't involve me in your shit, man. That doesn't surprise me. Oh, I don't want all. you in my shit. <laughs> I just want I just want you to tell me you have a, I did a good job. 
You need a little forehead kiss while you're at it. Power boy. Oh. Ah. He's got a hole in his shirt and everything. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Hold on. I need to see this. I need to see this. A native of of Apocalypse. He was on the Titans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Power. Power Boy was one of the minions of Darkseid until he saw Supergirl for the first time when Darkseid got her kidnapped and brainwashed. Hey, listen. I would too. <laughs> Power Boy got obsessed with the young Kryptonian to the point where he was unable to eat or sleep. His obsession eventually led him to leave Apocalypse. Whoa. That's crazy. All right. Well, that would have been that would have been the one. I'm shocked. I didn't think there would be a one. Wow. You guys ready to call the draft? Let's see. Ooh, who, yeah. who, who took it? Oh, looks like me. Uh, 85% of the vote. Wow. Kale with 14% of the vote. And Tyler with a big fat zero. Man, I should have voted for myself for a pity. <laughs> no, no, no. Mind no, no, no. Yep. Hey, we're going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. Y'all are the greatest. Until next week, we love you. We thank you. Take care, guys. No plugs this week. See you oh next time. Oh, my God. Time. I forgot the plugs. Um, Palace Poles, should we confirm? Are we live? We're still live, yeah. Yeah, but oh, I figured it's the next right. one coming up, so we should probably... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're totally correct. Uh, Pals Pulls will be on Wednesday this week, acknowledging Thanksgiving. So come Wednesday to hear us talk comics. And uh, also, plugs. Kale. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Comics Pals. You can find me on Twitter, no, on Instagram, at Toto and Toe. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find my work at KaleWord.com. C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Nice. Sorry, I just drank the bottom of my coffee, so I got all grounds. Um, Disgusting. Actually, it has a good mouthfeel. Uh, you can follow yeah. me at the Tyler Olson on Instagram, Twitter, X, Blue Sky, Threads. Threads is fun. I've been liking the people on Threads lately. So uh, follow me there. Talk to me there. Talk to me about Warcraft. I started raiding again last night. So it's fun. Well... I'm on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. And um, I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm excited about. I'm not excited about anything. Full gear hey. tomorrow or tonight? Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching full gear. All right, guys. For real this time, thank you. We love you. Take care. See you next week.